0: Welcome to the Messy Middle Podcast that follows one mom's journey to build a profitable business while navigating the challenges of life. I'm your hostess, Anita Anello, and I'm here to share wisdom, insights, and stories that will empower you to make confident decisions, take actionable steps, and break through the mental barriers that hold you back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is The Messy Middle with Anita, and we are in season two of recording here and episode five. Today, I have a guest with me. His name is Rocky uh, Lavani. (laughs) And um, we are going to talk about really making that transition over from the corporate space into building your own business. And so welcome, Rocky. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me today, Anita.
0: Yeah, awesome. So let me give a little bit of Rocky's background. He serves as the chief profitability advisor to business owners. He loves to be able to teach people how to ensure that they get paid and make a profit. Um, And he has worked as a certified Profit First professional for many years. He's in cahoots with Mike McAllowitz, And we've talked about Profit First on this podcast uh, several times. And so we're going to break that down a little bit. He loves to be able to help entrepreneurs show that there's a difference in the accounting formula that goes from the traditional way of looking at our finances in business of sales minus expenses, and that's what equals profit. But as you know, as listeners, when we and if you delve into any of Mike's material in the profit first system, the equation that we want as entrepreneurs that really helps us to thrive is sales minus profit is what equal equals our expenses. And so Rocky and I are going to talk through um, with a profit first element underneath, but we're really going to talk today and have a conversation around what does it look to walk out of a corporate environment and transition over. And so Rocky, what let's get started here? Like what brought you to this space where you are today? Give us a little bit of your backstory. And then how do you like to help clients Um, walk through that process of transitioning from the corporate space over to the entrepreneurial world.
1: So I spent years in the corporate space in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing, not being valued. See, it's not just women that have these problems. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, my story is a little bit different. I, I always was about building wealth And being able to walk away because, see, in my background, I was always it wasn't I it wasn't taught. But what I saw was the fear of getting let go at 53 Mm -hmm. and not being able to find another job. And or you would see all these people every time we hit a recession that would lose it. And they were at the top of the mountain. and The next thing you know, their whole life unravels. And so my goal was, I'm going to make sure that that never happens to me. So I built my wealth in corporate. And then when I got closer to the end, I'm like, wait a minute. Um, I don't love what I do. Why don't I walk away now on my terms and go do what I love and make money at it? And honestly, I was shocked to see that I could make so much more money And not work very hard. And I I don't think I realized how much potential there was out there Mm -hmm. um, for that. And so that's kind of my backstory of how I I got there. And we talked a little bit before we hit record. I think there are different paths. I think everyone's got to figure out based on their current situation, where they're at financially, what particular careers they're in, on what that walk away path looks like. I don't think there's one right answer. Yeah. I will tell you, I think for the majority of people, it takes longer than they might think. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. especially to get clients and then you have the messy part of clients leaving and then you got to get new. So you, you have to build all these systems up. You have to make sure you're appropriately pricing yourself. Um, you have to learn sales, right? We Technically, we all kind of know sales if we're successful, because you don't get successful without learning to sell yourself or or your project or your idea. But it's also shifting the focus of sales from your idea to their problem. See, I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we think of ourselves as technician, right? And the thing is, I know how to do x people need x so i'm going to tell them all about how great i am at doing x mm, nobody yeah. cares about that people right. have a problem they want a solution you need to convince them you can solve their problem they don't care how you did it right, right. in the world of guys i don't care if you used a hammer or a screwdriver right what i care yeah. is that the problem got solved or the, the thing got built and mm-hmm. so i think it's it's understanding those different dynamics and how to position yourself differently and think differently. Because now you're no longer the employee, you're the CEO and you're sitting in a different seat.
0: Yeah. And for some, that's a heavy burden. We'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. We'll touch on the mindset element of going from the employee mindset to the entrepreneur mindset, because that's a huge shift. Some people... And do it faster than others. And yeah, we'll we'll walk through that a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about um some of the paths. Cause I know like for my path and part of my story is so I was corporate executive, had you know the title, the money, the accolades. I felt like I, I got to a point in my career where I felt like I was kind of choked out and I had a heart's desire to stay at home with my kids. Um, but I also had a financial runway. Uh, because of some of the things that we had done in our lives and our household. We followed like Dave Ramsey's model. And so we had some of these disciplines already. So when I retired early at 43 to come and homeschool my kids full-time, I felt like we had the financial runway and my husband and I were both in alignment on that. So that was our path is that we we made the steps it was still scary and it still looked very different because my husband's income in those days was significantly different than mine was from the corporate space and where you know, just the level of uh, success that I had seen in my career. But let's talk about some of the paths that are possible as people transition over.
1: Well, and so I think you brought up an important thing. You need to figure out your financial path. And that's why when I said it takes longer than you think, don't think you're gonna walk out And in 30 or 60 days, you're going to replace your income because more than likely, unless you walk out with a contract in hand and, Mm. and more than likely that contract is from your current employer. Exactly. I would be very hesitant. Like everyone tells you they're going to do business with you. Not everyone shows up and they especially don't show up timely. Um, That's right. <laughs> they don't show up with their
0: wallets either.
1: <laughs> and they don't show up with yeah. their wallets. You know, everyone tells you how great you are until you ask for the check. Right. And and then, and then things change and you get the harsh reality of truth. Um, sure. and, and how that goes. And, and again, it depends on what you're doing. So I think the first question is, are you staying within your existing space? Right. In other mm-hmm. words, uh let's say you're in a marketing in a fortune 500 and you're going to go do marketing as a consultant okay i'm in yeah. the same space um yeah. i did a 180 so what i did before was 180 degrees different than what i do today and that's possible mm-hmm. too so don't that's- think you can't um and then is it going to be something that your current contact your current network your current employer or people around you will hire you immediately in a new role as a essentially an outside person or do you have to go build your entire business and find new clients on your own so i yeah. think those are some things to think through what does that look like now for those of you who are still work i'm assuming everyone's still working you can build that extra network while you're working. You can start going and having side conversations about hey i'm I'm exploring these types of things is this whatever? maybe they're a potential client, maybe they're a connector, maybe there's something else that can help you to to examine what that looks like mm-hmm. um If your company's downsizing and they still need your skills, but they don't want you full time, that's another way to do it. So I I think it really depends. I think you have to look at your skill set, your current situation. What are the potential opportunities? And one of the ways to look at that is who's your company hired in the past or in the industry that you're going into? What does that look like? Like how does that industry work? It's got a flavor. Understand that that flavor of that industry and how things work and what their cycles and rhythms are. For example, it, it might take six months to get through corporate to get something approved. Maybe you have to be on some kind of vendor list. Maybe you have to do this. Maybe you I don't know. But I think you spend your beginning time figuring all that out and exploring it and talking to people. Like if you, let's say I want to go into SpaceX, it not the company. If I go over there and I start talking to consultants and say, hey, I really admire what you've done. How did you do it? What are the things yeah. that you wish you knew? Like just having those conversations, five, 10, 15 people, you'll start to understand how the business side works. And then- Go have a potential conversation with 5, 10, 15 potential clients, not to sell them, but to say, hey, I'm exploring this space and I hear that this is a problem. If someone were to solve that problem, what would, what would that be worth to you? What would you pay? How do you engage with those kind of people? What, so all you're doing is you're literally testing to see what's going on out there. And by looking at a hundred different things over six months or 12 months, you'll start to be able to create your own business plan. And maybe you can build your ramp. So maybe you do it on the side. Yeah. Maybe you walk away and you start from zero, but you've you built up the cash for a year because you cut your spending for a year. Um, there's a whole bunch of different ways. I think you have to figure out where you are and what's the best situation for you and not listen to everyone else.
0: Oh, I love that. So I I love, I'll add another like layer onto that as well. I love gathering research and doing exactly what you said, but also know that there is an introspective element that I think is super important for each and every one of us to maybe sit down and journal And maybe talk with your spouse or your significant other. Maybe talk with somebody that you trust to be able to say, Hey, I know that these things are important to me as well. So you're talking about the, the market element, the expertise element, but there's also, um, there's also a personal element of it where I have to evaluate, which nobody can do this for me. Anita can't say that 20 hours a week is the right model of work for Susie Bell or for Rocky, like everyone has to be able to say that for themselves. What is, what is my, what do I want my perfect day to look like? And then start building a life and a business around the life that you want. But we start with the elements of what do I want in my life? Now there's absolutely a financial component for that. Cause we all have different things that we want and need in life that, that cost money and that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But also the element like I've counseled and coached a lot of ladies who have said, Anita, I always really wanted to be more intentional with my kids or I wanted to homeschool or I wanted to build a business but not lose my marriage along the way. Right. So really what I'm touching on and adding to what Rocky is saying is that there are some personal elements that only each and every one of us can answer for ourselves. And we want to be able to kind of dig that stuff up as well.
1: And I concur. I think you have to have the honest conversation with your spouse because it's going to involve time, money, and risk. Yeah. And they also need to be a cheerleader for you. Oh, yeah. So I think it's part of that. But then also to go have a business discussion with people who are in the industry. and And that's mm-hmm. going to be a different discussion. But I think you need both of them to have good clarity of what it's going to be like.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. I also love that you had said that, hey, it might take six months or 12 months or a a longer runway than most of us expect. I think in our minds sometimes, especially if we feel like we're stuck in a job that we hate, sometimes we make these rash decisions of, I don't care. I'm just going to figure it out. I got to jump off the edge of the cliff. And uh, let me just say, please don't do that like that. No, (laughs) that You know, some, I mean, that you sometimes we do no matter what, but maybe not, especially if you have a family and other people in your household that are depending on you. It can all of a sudden increase the, um, the stress levels, and we don't want that. The other thing, Rocky, that you said that I really love is when you talked about approaching other people and asking them what they need. And when I coach clients, I really talk about we're not selling, we're serving. We're going out and figuring out what are the pain points that somebody have, but it's all in the lens of how can I serve somebody else? And so for me, not being a person who really wanted to dive into the selling space and do that, like that didn't feel right for me and my personality and my style and my approach. But when I switched the script on that and said, wait a minute, I I'm good at what I'm really good at. And, but I, I, and I have clients out there that I can actually serve. And they, their lives can be better because of what I do to serve them. That completely flipped the, the script for me personally and helped me to go after and kind of get over the fear of talking to people about it because I, I can, I can show up and serve all the time. Like I love being able to do that. I don't necessarily love the idea of I'm going to go have to sell, 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 sell like crazy. So. Um, maybe let's kind of transition and talking about finding clients. You'd mentioned that when we were doing our, our pre-interview before we started recording. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: So I think the first thing is you cannot be in a state of desperation. Mm-hmm. People can sense that a mile away. Yeah. And if you've got financial trouble at home, you're going to come across that way. So yeah. number one is you've got to get yourself in a good place. Um. You do have to understand basic sales skills. I, I'll be honest now. Every day, I get a LinkedIn message telling me how they're going to get me fifty leads. It's all BS. Okay, it's all a lie. Nobody can sell as good as you can sell, and nobody understands what you do as well as you do. So please don't rely on these other people. Oh,
0: that's in powerful. the beginning. Yeah,
1: in the beginning, everyone is worried about their business card, their stationery, and their website. Mm-hmm. All three of those are useless. I know. Okay. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yes. You don't need any of them. Yeah. Okay. Um, you really don't. You need your cell phone and you need to pick up the phone and start talking to people or knocking yeah. on doors. Okay. I, All right. So
0: good. Uh,
1: beyond that, like things are going to change so often. It doesn't matter. So. Don't spend more than a few minutes on all of those. The other thing is, don't be cute. Like, people come up with cute names and cute this. Stop. Like, people don't. All right, I'm going to be blunt.
0: Yeah, go for it. And you
1: see this with your kids, right? You notice how they can't connect the dots, right? You tell, like, well, no one else can either. Adults can't connect dots either. If you have a cutesy name, nobody understands what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So I want you to be able to explain your business and your business name to a five-year-old. So if your Mm five-year-old can't get you, no one else can. And I know that sounds simplistic, but literally it is. The name of your business can be, I I want it that your five-year-old knows what you do. Yeah. Yeah. you can think towards the future. So don't like pigeonhole yourself mm-hmm. in too narrow of a name. Um, and again, don't worry about the website. Like you can do a Google page or a, you can sell off a LinkedIn. Like, right. That's by true. the way, we should talk about that. Um, side note, LinkedIn is not a resume page. Everyone mm-hmm. treats it as their resume. LinkedIn is a sales page you need to have sales copy on your LinkedIn page. Mm, there's there's good. tons of free resources out there. Nice smiling picture. People don't want to do... If they can't see you, they don't want to do business with you. You're hiding. Right, right. They're not talking to you. A nice yeah. banner, a great title. This is where you can get a little bit more fun. Um, come up with your values, which you kind of talked about. Do all of that. But at the end of the day... You have to define what your ideal customer looks like. Here's mm-hmm. the other secret. They have to have money and they have to have the ability to sign the check, right? So mm, if yeah. you're talking to people, if you're selling to corporate, make sure you're talking to executive leaders, not to human resources or purchasing. Right. They're all useless, right? They yeah. they don't do anything other than process stuff. They don't actually begin the conversation. So yeah. you have to make sure the person has the budget and the authority to make the decision to do business with you. Otherwise you'll find you're spent six months wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then really is what is the problem you solve and what's the value you deliver? So I don't know. Has anyone ever talked like about the story about the the guy who goes to fix the machine and he bangs on it and turns a screwdriver and it's ten grand? Yeah. Right. So (laughs) right, this is value based pricing. If you can save a company a million dollars, don't be afraid to charge them a hundred thousand. Right. That's a ten x return. I don't care that it took you two hours to save them a hundred thousand. Take your fifty grand an hour. You're not going to be working every hour of the day. You might only get two hours a month. So take it while you can. Okay. Don't. And I think that's the other thing. Going from an employee to a business owner, the scale of money is just vastly different. You know, as an employee, Mm. we think of $100 or, you know, 50 bucks an hour, $100 an hour. As a business owner, it's $1,000 an hour, right? It could be $5,000 an hour. And yes, you're worth it. If you can provide those insights to make million-dollar decisions, then you deserve to get paid that. So I think those are all kind of shifts in the way you look at things. But you do Mm -hmm. have to define who's your client, make sure that they actually have the ability to pay you, and that they're willing. So they might have problems that they want to solve, but they're not willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So you have to have that complete mix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I also love how you started to touch on in my employee mindset. I might think I make, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out some numbers. I make $150,000 a year. I work a 50 hour work week and that equates to X a dollar an hour or whatever. It doesn't translate over. By the way, let me just be clear. Let me put it this way. There's no rule or reason that says you have to take your old salary as an employee and translate it into what you do as a contractor, a consultant, or a business owner. There's all that stuff is right out the door because, like Rocky was talking about, when I come to the table and serve my clients at a very high level, I am radically shifting their progress. I'm radically shifting their, helping them shift their mindset. I'm having them helping them have breakthrough when they can't get it on their own and there's a dollar amount that's actually associated with it that is nowhere near $100 an hour or or if it's if that sounds like a lot to you or 250 or $500 an hour. I know and that when I have my employee mindset on, I can often think, "Oh my gosh, I could never charge that much. I'm not a attorney or something like that, right?" Um but that's that's all garbage, right? What what we want to do is transition our mindset over in the direction. And the way that I do it is I say, okay, what do I want to... And coach my clients this way as well as what do we want to make a year? How do I want to work? And we just mathematically kind of work it backwards. And so mm-hmm. then I can figure out, okay, my hourly rate is nowhere near 250. Like There's no way I'd take a contract for 250 an hour because that doesn't even cover... All the expenses that I have and that I need, like my, my number is significantly bigger than that, but I'm also bringing value. So see see what, I'm, what we're talking about here. So then as I'm starting to understand what my personal metrics look like, my personal numbers look like, then I start being able to come to the table. And so let's talk about that a little bit, Rocky. Let's talk about shifting the mindset over, not just financially, but we can touch on the components of financially, both in the work that we're doing and the value that we're bringing. Because those are big things. Sometimes we get it right away. Sometimes it's part of the journey. By the way, that's it's also part of the process of shifting over. Um, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. I'd love to hear what you have to say on that.
1: And you have to be comfortable going, yeah, we can do that. It's $50,000. Mm-hmm. And and just be totally comfortable with that. Maybe in the beginning, you're going to say ten. And then you're going to double it and it'll be 20 and then you're going to double it and then it'll be 40 as you get comfortable. Sometimes we just say, just add a zero, you know, and and move it up that way. Um, I think the other thing that most people don't realize is once you have to start to pay taxes, especially in solopreneur coaching world, the government's going to take almost half your money. Okay. And I don't care if you're only making a hundred grand like the government's yes. going to take almost half of that depending on where you live. So you've got to a put aside the money to pay the taxes. That's right. And b you've got to charge enough so that after you pay the taxes you still have the money that you need to live. So I think those are those are two big things that people don't always realize up front. Um that that kind of has to be done. And then there is the cost of doing business. There's all the software and the this and the that. So you've got to add that all in as well to be making sure that you're covering all those needs. And if you need an assistant over, again, you're going to start bare bones and you're going to do it all. But little by little, you're going to need to add all these things in and you're going to find as a business owner, everything costs a lot more than as a consumer. So yes. <laughs> you also have to charge a lot more. So it kind of comes back to that as well.
0: Right, right. And isn't it funny? Like there's so many, I, I always kind of consider, okay, if I'm going to buy a piece of software or hire as somebody on my staff to cover that task, whatever it is, I was super nervous about that. Very fearful. Would there be enough? Can I do this? All the elements that go along around that. But what I also started doing is I, I, Uh, I started asking the question, yeah, but if I trade off this, if I pay someone or a service or a software to do this for me, then what can I do? What can I do with my time? Like, What's available when I start trading those things off? And so I had a big shift in my mindset and my business to be able to say, but if I don't have to do that anymore, now I'm freed up. I'm either freed up to go talk to more clients or go even have fun with my kids. Like there's all those elements that there are, there's so many other areas that I could spend time in that I didn't really, I wasn't always thinking that way. And so once I started shifting my mindset of like, but wait a minute, if I pay somebody over here to do this thing for me, all of a sudden, like, my time gets freed up and I can either do the thing that only that I can do, because by the way, there are things in your business that only you can do and you're responsible for those. But then also the other things that are like in my heart's desire, I want to do some stuff with my kids or go goof off with my husband or garden. I mean, those are the things that I like to do. <laughs> yeah. What have you found? What, what have you found as you've grown your business and you've Hired help along the way. What what ha, what are some things that you shifted in your mindset where you really saw freedom in your time by doing that?
1: So I I reverse engineered my business to start with time and money, and mm-hmm. just figure out what the math looked like. and And I think one of the hardest things was actually learning to say no. In other mm-hmm. words, I'm making the money and i'm spending the appropriate time i don't need to do more mm. right cuz now i otherwise i'm back stuck into a grind somewhere else yeah and and being comfortable with that so i think it's just getting clarity on on what you want and how much you need to get there and like you said at the end of the day if if i can pay somebody else a fraction of what my time is worth then it's really silly for me to be doing it So learning to let go, which is not easy and let somebody else take over, um, is part of it in, in figuring out many of, if you're doing this, chances are you've already got these skills. You're just changing how you're applying them in a slightly different situation. Um, and you'll find as a business owner, no one's ever going to do it as good as you. So just accept that. It's kind of like an employee. You got good ones and bad ones, wherever you are anyway. So sure. just kind of having that right mindset that it that it does take time. Um, And business goes up and down. So it is a roller coaster. It's just to assume that um, and plan for that. So you have some extra reserves for, for when the times go down to cover things. You don't want to get your overhead so big that It literally crushes your business. Mm -hmm. So growth actually causes businesses to go bankrupt because Mm -hmm. the cost of growth gets so high and they've got money going out and they don't necessarily have money coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's some practical things like making sure you collect up front, good billing and AR practices, making sure you're getting paid. Because if you're not getting paid or you haven't defined that up front, someone else is going to define it for you and mm-hmm. you really can't afford to get burned for a lot of money. So yeah, be careful with that. Um, there, there's, there's just so much. And I think a lot of it does come around to shifting your mindset and understanding now there's a million laws you're subject to, uh, you know, uh, taxes and... Legal, this and all of that. It, it depending on your business in the beginning, though, don't worry about all of that. Like, yeah. too often, I think people get too inundated in the details until you start selling and until you have revenue, nothing else matters. Yeah,
0: that's so good. Okay, so one last question I have for you that you touched on something just a moment ago that was really interesting. And I just want to talk about that a little bit because I, feel like sometimes as entrepreneurs we can get so bogged down in the hundreds of tasks that we could be doing every single day and oftentimes where i'm coaching women right we we wear all these hats i'm a i'm a mom i'm a wife i'm a i might homeschool or i want to do that and I, you know all these and i'm a business owner and all these kinds of hats just as many as as men do in some cases sometimes more sometimes less but Let's talk a little bit about how do I not overwhelm myself myself so much with so many tasks that now I just have a new job and I just get paid differently. I mean, there's no to me there's no freedom in that if i'm if so my core values and one of the reasons I started a business is because I really wanted time and money freedom. Mm-hmm. but if I'm so busy that I'm back to 40 hour work week or like the old days when I was in corporate America, my work week was 80 hours. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. How do we determine and decide, you know, um, not getting overwhelmed and then finding support, some support along the way.
1: I think we overcomplicate things. (laughs) If you keep it simple, then you don't have all these problems. So just keep it simple and learn. That's the other thing is learning to say no, Mm -hmm. because if people are starting to take you out of your, your zone and your, your product, can you also do this? Oh, I need money. Yes. But now you're getting really unproductive. So Mm -hmm. staying in your zone, keeping it super, super simple, learning to say no and being okay with that, there's someone I follow. His name's Alan Weiss. Have you ever heard of him Mm-mm-mm. he's He's a consultant in the um he consults to Fortune Five hundred
0: okay
1: He makes over three million a year. You know how many employees he has? maybe just himself? I don't know <laughs> yeah, just himself, zero yeah. employees. If people want stuff done, he tells them to do it themselves.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Nice. I go, I don't do that.
1: (laughs) No. Like he kept it. I think too often we start to, oh, I have to do this. I have to do. No, you don't. Oh yeah. You don't have to do all of this. Right. Okay. It's not important. We make ourselves busy so that we think we're doing something. Mm. It comes back to the 80-20 rule. What is the 20% that produces the 80%? Screw the rest. Keep the 80% of your time. Give up the 20% of income Mm -hmm. and be happy. Yeah. Like enough.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Oh, Rocky, you've been such a blessing today. I so appreciate you. How can people find you and follow you and just learn more about you?
1: Can I ask a favor of your audience? Sure. So if you like what Anita's doing and how she's helping you, did you, did you hit the little like button? Did you share? Did you show some yeah. love? Be nice yeah. to her. It's a lonely world in the podcast space.
0: It is. After
1: it you're is. done, you know, showing the love, come find me. I have two podcasts. One is Profit Answer Man, where we really talk about the nuts and bolts of dollars and cents. And how to have a profitable business. And then we have another podcast called Richer Soul. On Richer Soul, we talk mm. about how to live life. Okay? Now that you got the money, how do you live life? Because the two are not tied together necessarily. Oh, um, that's they are two separate things. And so on that, we get into the very much on the softer side of life. And on the other side, we get on the number side. So check it out. We've got tons of free content for you to learning. Use yourself.
0: Oh, thank you, Rocky. Again, you've been such a blessing to the audience today. And to me, I really appreciate everything that you've brought. And I see your profit first in the back. Um, so if anybody is looking for somebody to help them walk through the process, I know Rocky has some, some um, guidelines of the clients that he helps having heard him in the past. I've known of him over for the last couple of years, but if you have something that you want to be able to, uh, or a person that you want to be able to work with that knows profit first in and out, I can definitely, uh, back him on that. And I would, uh, would recommend him to our audience today. So thanks so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Messy Middle Podcast. We hope this episode has inspired, encouraged, and equipped you to navigate the challenges of building a profitable business while balancing the demands of your work life, your faith, and motherhood. We would love to hear from you. Connect with us on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or at our website, therippleeffect.net. To share your thoughts, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, you can also find us at AnitaAnello.com. Until then, be well and know that we are cheering you on.